welcome to the My Family Coach podcast. I'm Claire and in each episode you'll find me interviewing a guest expert to find out more about the tricky world of child behaviour, all in handy 15 minute-ish bite-sized chunks. Then I'll send you away with three handy practical tips that you can use at home. And if this episode leaves you wanting more, you can watch, listen and read from our wide range of resources while you're on the go on the My Family Coach website. Today I'm joined by Jonathan Newport and I normally uh, say a few sentences about their history that they send over to me, but Jonathan sent me a huge essay about his experience. So I was going to get him to introduce himself a little bit, if that's okay, Jonathan. Yeah, that's fine, Claire. Sorry. Uh, You will get a sense that four sentences was really tough for me. Yeah, yeah, I got that. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So yeah, just kind of trying to keep it brief. Um, I began my educational journey teaching in a primary school and I really found there that I really enjoyed uh, teaching those children who were really challenged for different reasons. So from there, I I moved career-wise to work for Bernardo's at their flagship residential special school. I enjoyed 17 years working with um, some really amazing young people, an incredible staff team who were really passionate about changing the life opportunities for those young people. Uh, In that time, we got to do some great stuff. I opened a primary school on site, which involved building curriculum and staff team from the ground up, which, um, you know, is a, is a rare opportunity. And we got to develop some really innovative ways of creating positive school experiences for those children. Um, seven years ago, I made a really left field move uh, in my career to work as a director of education in the corporate world. Um, and two years ago, had the incredible opportunity to become Managing Director of Team Teach, which is the country's uh, leading positive behaviour management training organisation. And uh, we're currently on a really exciting journey to evolve as an organisation and support changing lives for some of the UK's most vulnerable young people and adults. So that's my four sentences. Yeah, that was definitely four sentences. If we didn't have any full stops, that would be fine. That definitely... (laughs) So, Jonathan, I'd like to start the podcast asking people what they're reading at the moment. Okay. Um, I'm reading a book called uh, Trust First, which isn't in the educational realm at all. It's a really interesting book about an American guy, uh, Bruce Deal, mm. who has set up um, these refuge, refuges in, uh, started in Atlanta, I think. Currently, he's worked with over 20,000 people, and it's how he's built up trust uh, in relationships with some of the the most disaffected people uh, in the city, mm. you know, people who've been in survivors of human trafficking, um, female sex workers, and just building up those bonds uh, through trust, which have led, you know, led them to change their lives, change their life experiences, you know, find find something in themselves that allows them to to grow and it's really profound and it you know for for some of them he talks you know about some of these um female sex workers who have let him babysit their children you know so the things that are most precious to them uh, trust has been built up so that they can you know say to him come in take care take care of this most precious thing to me you know and it's just that power of trust i don't think we fully understand it, fully appreciate it, you know, and, and value it and build it in our own lives, both, both in, you know, professional lives and 
in our personal lives. So yeah, I'm really captivated by all the stories in there. Really fascinating. I, I suppose as well, Jonathan, it leads us on really nicely to what we're you know, going to discuss in the next 15 minutes. We will do it in 15 minutes uh, about <laughs> <laughs> about positive um, behaviour because I know that's you know team teachers' approach. Being a trainer for team teach myself, but what are some of the things that you've done in your career around positive behaviour? I, th- I think the key thing is is always to understand with all this. You know, there are always slightly different theories around positive behaviour, but this idea that it's essential that um, at the heart of everything we do, we put understanding the individual child. Mm. You know, why are they behaving that way? You know, we've talked before, Claire, about this idea that all behaviour is communication. Mm. So let's take that and actually make that live and breathe. So we think all behaviour is communication, so we need to understand what's being communicated by the individual. What are they saying to us in this moment? Do we see particular patterns of communication through their behavior. You know, one of the biggest and most profound things that was ever said to me uh, was around, you know, looking through behaviors to understand the emotions that are driving them. Mm. You know, and that really, for me as a, as a young teacher, really changed the way I, I worked and interacted with the children I was responsible for. Because yeah. you, you just, it just shifts your thinking. And I, I think that's really, really important. You know? it's, that, it's that moment, isn't it? I remember, um, and I'd worked in a proof for quite a number of years before I had this training, but we had some trauma and attachment training. And I just re- remember it being in that training. It wasn't even like the best training I've ever had, but just the information. And I could just, I just had that light bulb moment of like, oh, those experiences are driving lots of that behavior. Yeah. And that's what it's communicating. And it wasn't that I wasn't empathetic or I guess knowledgeable, knowledgeable before that, but it was that moment of sort of piecing everything together. Yeah. And it allows you, I, I think it really allows you to go the distance with children because you know for so many children their experience of adults is failure and rejection and you know that the adults are really going to give up on them they don't see value in them so they're going to walk away and I think if you if you understand that essence of it's not a personal thing they're just trying to you know I massively believe in there are no bad children Mm. There are just children who are desperately trying to make sense of the world they find themselves in and they can make bad choices. And that that's, you know, and too quickly, I think, and, you know, I think there's lots of reasons for it. I think too quickly people label children as bad children and that's just not, not the right thing to do. Mm. And I think the thinking around let's look at this behavior as communication allows you to move away from that. Yeah, and, and understanding the individual needs of the child within that communication. That I don't know if um, I work with a trainer called Dr. Jamie Gelfin. He works for the Bridge Special School in Islington, and I've seen him do training. and He talks and uses this phrase. Uh, it's uh, let me get it right. They're not giving you a hard time. They're having a hard time. Uh, oh, yeah. in his autism yeah. training I absolutely love that and I, I quote yeah. him that he says it but I don't know if he coined it um, yeah and I think in the world of education I think there's lots of things go around I mean I talk about things and think I like to think I came up with them but I'm sure that I listened <laughs> to someone else say it a long time ago yeah, <laughs> long time ago. sharing yeah. is caring isn't it yeah 
I think the, the most kind of uh, important thing that we ever did, you know, certainly when I was working um, at Highclose School, the Bernardo School I worked at, was we, you know, with the staff team had this real commitment to understanding uh, what I call rubber band thinking. Mm. So the, it's easy, isn't it, in, in your career to build up brick wall thinking. So you have these things, you build up your professional brick wall of how you're going to work with children, expectations you have from them, um, how they're going to talk to you, how they're going to respond. And, but the problem with the brick wall is it's incredibly rigid. And because it's rigid and, you know, we worry about it being knocked, knocked about a bit, we, we tend to get defensive. Um, so we, we always talked about this idea of rubber band thinking that if there was a giant rubber band around everybody in the school, everybody, children, staff, everyone would know where the boundaries were. Mm. Because it's a rubber band, you allow flex against it. And it's in that flex that you see growth because the most important thing, you know, if you're going to understand behaviours, if you're going to, you know, work out what's being communicated, we have to let children make mistakes. Yeah. Because it's in that moment of making mistakes. It's in the recovery moments uh, that you follow through with and, you know, you spend time with them that you, you gain a greater understanding. Mm. If you create an environment where there's no, no opportunity to make mistakes because children are so fearful all the time, you know, you will have been to environments as I have been where, you know, mm. it just feels so rigid and so tight that there's no movement for children that they're, they're not, they're not going to grow. Yeah. I, I always use the example, I get into trouble with my daughter because I use the example of my youngest is, is one of the funniest people I know. She is, you know, 21 now, extremely funny young lady makes me laugh constantly. But I talk about the fact that as she was growing up, there was always those moments of, she said something, you know, four, five, six-year-old, she said something, and there was always a borderline between being funny and being rude. And there were moments where, you know, we had to have those little chats together of, actually, that's not funny. You've been, you've, you know, you've been rude and, and explain why. And so now she is incredibly funny. If we'd just gone down the route of kind of brick wall thinking, no, you mustn't say rude things. And, you know, being really mm. kind of locked it down and said, that's not happening. She would never have grown. It wouldn't have happened. And I think that's so true with, with young people's kind of behaviours and being able to understand their behaviours. If we create something that's rigid, they're not going to move forward. We all know that all of us learn from our mistakes. Yeah. And we've, got to, we've got to create environments that allow that flex that allow children to, you know, to feel confident that they can step out, do something, say something, and the adults there around them, you know, are going to be there with them on that journey to, to, to walk them through it, to say, well, look, what do we learn from what you just did? Mm. You know, and for me, consequences aren't a, aren't a negative thing. You know, too often we make them that, but they're not a negative thing because if we talk about consequences being detentions, consequences being, you know, time, time away from people, you know, whatever they might be, then, then we're missing it. Consequences are all about what happens if I do that? Where does it take me on the route? It's a bit like those, those books from years ago where you used to choose which page you went on to next. Oh, choose your own adventure. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And it's a, bit like, it's a bit like that with children. You have to give them that opportunity to say that you chose to go this route and this is where it's taken you. 
and and is this where you want to be would you next time you you feel that way and it is that feeling element next time you feel that way would you choose something different would you choose to see it and that's the learning piece around the whole positive behavior element is you know to understand the child you've got to go on that journey with them you've got to be there with them you know it's not a distant I sit there and I'm going to understand what, you know, mm. the child and why they're behaving this way. It's kind of roll your sleeves up and get in there with them and, and journey with them in their lives. Yeah. It's funny. You said that about the, the rubber band thinking, cause I was working with a student this week. Uh, he's not diagnosed with anything. I'm not giving any sort of obviously like details about him, but I suspect that he has traits of ADHD and in the session, he's really quite controlling and I've got quite a lot of brick wall thinking of like, this is where I sit in the session. This is where the student sits. And this is the order of work that we've done or that we do. And actually I just came to a conclusion this week. It's like, why am I so controlling about where this young man sits? It really doesn't matter in the context of a short intervention session when we're one-to-one where I sit and where he sits. And I've kind of had to break down that wall to use your metaphor and have that rubber band thinking of just like, actually I need to relinquish some of my control so I can do better for him. And it's funny when you start to think quite carefully about the things that you control with your interactions with your student and what's really important controls for safety and our values and what are actually quite unimportant controls that add more anxiety onto the student and more um demands i suppose as well so i I love that metaphor i think it's absolutely brilliant yeah i think it's just a simple it's just a simple everyday way of remembering you know how you're going to engage as you start the day as you start your working day with children and you know it we all take different things into work with us we all wear different emotional clothing in every day and that will that will affect us and so having that kind of gentle reminder, which is all we used to do, which was just, you know, talk about that idea. Let's, let's rem- remember the rubber band allows you to just go, yeah, hang on a minute. I'm feeling a little bit this way today. I've got to, I've got to change my thinking because, yeah, self-reflection is essential, isn't it? Yeah. We, we need to know how we're feeling in any situation when you're dealing with, with any children. But if children are in any way challenging, it's important to have that self-reflection that says, okay, first of all, how am I feeling? Mm. Because I'm the big barometer in the room and I'm going to bring things in with me. And in this situation, am I responding because I feel a certain way? Is this making me feel something? You know, their behavior, is it making me feel something because of where I'm at right now? You know, and it's important to have that time and that that reflection as well in what you do. Do you think thinking about newer teachers do you think that reflection is something that that newer teachers might find more difficult yeah i think i mean you want to keep this to 15 minutes uh, getting me on to new 13 jonathan 13 yeah, okay. <laughs> no i i think we we are massively doing um newly qualified teachers are done a complete disservice in terms of how they're supported in understanding the kind of the whole professional element of what we do uh, in in terms of understanding behavior mm. you know behavior is there with you and you know not i'm not talking about negative behaviors anything like that i'm talking about behavior is there with you all the time mm. in your classroom and how you 
understand it, how you work with it is really essential. And we don't give them any time to understand that. And a big part of that is that self-reflection piece, you know, being conscious of, you know, newly qualified teachers walking in with anxiety. I was talking to someone the other day and anxiety is really simple things around what's appropriate to wear, <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. the whole teacher uniform piece. What, what is everybody else going to be wearing? Am I, am I going to look odd because I walk in with the wrong thing? All those little things build up when you're walking in, you know, to your first school, for your first class. All those things are in there for you. Um, no, Jonathan, I do. And there's all these little... Sorry, you just remind me of a, a terrible story when I was training that I, a head teacher told me off because I was, you remember the brand like FC UK? And I think my yeah. shirt had ridden up. And so I think she could see the band on my underwear that said FC UK. And I, oh, just this awful moment. Like no one told me any of that when I was training to yeah. be mindful of things like that. Sorry to yeah. interrupt you. It just. No, no, no. Awful, I think it, that's absolutely. Yeah, that's absolutely all those things all the time. And then we, we still fill teachers' heads with, you know, these ideas of don't smile till Christmas, you know, to, you know, go in tough and then loosen up. And that's just not, you know, being a teacher in a classroom is about relationship. Mm. If you go in and you don't smile till Christmas, all you do is alienate yourself from the children you're working with. And you find that they don't actually like you because you're not a very likable character. <laughs> or unhuman, so, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah being human it's absolutely you know key to all of this and going you know going back to that about positive behaviors you, you know understanding how we feel is is important to understand how children young people feel yeah just uh we're we've done pretty well for time jonathan so i'm gonna ask you to leave us with sort of three tips on positive behavior for the people listening okay three tips um I think it's important to always remember that there is growth in the flex. So that idea of, you know, we all grow by being able to make mistakes, by being able to push boundaries, being able to, you know, just try new things and not have a fear of failing. Um, I think it's important for staff to remember that there's real positive power in, in yourself, in the fact that you're the barometer in the room and what you bring for children and young people is it's important to know that that can be hugely positively powerful mm. uh, and uh, you know it's not a negative it's a positive thing um, and the, the importance of culture in any organization working with children and young people the importance of creating the right culture that allows all those things to happen that allows children to feel safe and confident uh, in, in trying things allows staff to feel the same way um, actually values and celebrates that idea of positive behavior. Um, those, I would say those three things are really, really vital uh, if you're going to see, you know, really positive outcomes for children and young people. Yeah, I, mean, I really echo the, the values-led um, approach. Uh, I was just chatting to Jerry, who's on the podcast one of the weeks, literally about that. And she leads with a values-based approach and she has staff and students that, you know, follow that and they're a huge community. So I think for a whole organization, those, those values are so yeah. important. Yeah. And just looping, looping right back to the book I'm reading and kind of like playing out some of this stuff around trust led classrooms as well. Yeah. How, how important trust is particularly, you know, 
in this time that we find ourselves in the the power of trust as children return into classrooms full time you know the trust of staff in their senior teams all you know all those things interwoven it's all you know boils down to trust so see i've managed to get four tips in there claire <laughs> you did i've managed to get four in <laughs> uh, that's that's good yeah i like i like it that we've got four in there i will i will stop us because otherwise we'll keep on nattering for yeah. about five hours and people will be really bored but uh thank you so much for sharing that a- absolutely brilliant tips there yeah, absolute pleasure absolute yeah, really pleasure nice, nice overview of what we do and i'll uh, catch up with you soon yeah take care now You've been listening to the My Family Coach podcast. Thank you for joining us as we lift the lid on the challenging world of child behaviour. There's heaps more helpful advice for all your parenting needs on the My Family Coach website. Thanks again and I'll see you next time.